We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Colm Kelly here, the executive producer of the Road of His Radio Podcast Network and co-host of the Road of His Overtime Podcast, along with the phenomenal Sean Siegel. The wait is over, the NFL season is here, and there's no better time than the present to sign up for a Road of His NFL Pass. You'll get access to all of our content, all of our tools, and everything you need to help you for that in-season success. As a loyal podcast listener, you can get yourself a 10% discount to a Road of His NFL Pass just by adding the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Or go to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. Let's go get those championships. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I'm talking to you. That's right. You're listening. You are one of the few, one of the degenerates. We love you. I'm your host, Dave Funlico, and you can find me on Twitter at Dave Funlico. And of course, you can find my wonderful, lovely co-host, Travis May, at FF underscore Travis M. If you're joining us for the first time, College to Canton is a show about the journey of the best football players and prospects from being a college football recruit all the way to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We also talk some fantasy football because this is a Rotoviz Radio podcast, but we make sure to dive into some real college football and NFL analysis as well. Last week, we spent a little bit of time talking about some of the guys that kind of disappointed from like an ADP perspective, like where we were drafting them in Debbie League's. Uh, this summer and kind of where there are now and uh, just some of the disappointments that followed. But this week, we're excited. We're optimistic. We're looking at players who are overachieving, players who maybe went undrafted or were drafted late that all of a sudden have a lot of value. We're excited to bring you this episode of optimism and overall jubilance. I don't know if that's a word. <laughs> that's Travis, definitely. Absolutely that. are you? <laughs> How are you doing, man? Got to work that into the the title of the episode for sure. <laughs> yeah. Ju- but just like jubilance, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's it's definitely the, thing. It's, I am it's feeling the wine uh, talking. Yeah, I'm feeling all of whatever that word was too, man, <laughs> my, my friend. I, I'm I'm glad to be on talking some football, talking some players that you know maybe not everybody who's listening uh, to the show actually is super familiar with because I I don't know about you, Stefan, but when I listen to shows, I Yes, I, I want the confirmation bias. I want to <laughs> listen to the players uh, that, that I'm really familiar with, but I also want to learn something. So hopefully we'll talk right. about some players that uh, uh, are a little bit more of a deep cut, um, might you know be rising to some uh, serious draft capital consideration, but weren't automatic shoe-ins for it. 
coming into the year. So that, that should be a good time. Yeah. And I think it's important to slow down and talk about some of these players that don't get um, like, you're not going to hear about them on ESPN as much, you know, like no. they're not players that are, or some of these guys, maybe you do hear about, about on ESPN because they're putting up stats, but maybe we want to kind of dive a little bit deeper into some of the the numbers and say, yeah, sure. While they're producing statistically, it may not be relevant uh, at the next level or get them the draft capital that maybe we, we would assume if we didn't like uh, do a little bit of a deep dive. Uh, but before we get into everything, Travis, how, how have things been going for you? Um, just in general, I, I'd, I'd love to hear like uh, Matt and I uh, do the uh, college football fantasy podcast where we, we dive into some betting stuff. Yeah. Um, I know you've been doing some betting this this year. How, how's it been going for you? What what have been some key strategies that you've been utilizing for? Because uh, I, I actually know how you've been doing. You've been doing very very well for yourself. Yes, uh, <laughs> I'd just love to hear That's good. Uh, kind of some some of what's been working for you. Yeah, so I am on the season through I guess week nine of college football and what week whatever in, in NFL. I'm up 168.97 units on the year. I <laughs> so, hate you. I hate you. <laughs> so it's it's going really well. And that's um, real good. Yeah, I think uh, rule number one is uh, with midweek action for college football, you always bet the over and yes, you'll sir. basically always be profitable. Sorry if that doesn't pan out this coming week, but this past week it was like all but one. Uh, and yeah. I actually, um, I would have hit another one, but I juiced it to get a little bit uh, more money uh, on one of them. And I, and I missed by like two points. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, no. Yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> yeah. It was, I was just getting greedy. I was just like, oh, I could make this a plus 140 if I do this. And, uh, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, that, that's just getting greedy, but uh, it's just, I think it's always just proper unit distribution, like just playing off some confidence intervals and, and really playing, um, uh, the games that you're really competent in, uh, more so than you are the ones that you're not. And I think being committed to that, uh, it keeps you out of trouble. When, when I get overconfident in a play that uh, I probably shouldn't be, you know, and then put like more than two or three units down, it's like, eh, then I probably get in trouble. And and that's when things have gone awry this year. I would have already, I would <laughs> seriously, if it weren't for betting, uh, you know, I, I, I was like, oh, surely Clemson's going to turn this around. And Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> and, yes. And betting I'm with you. Uh, in Clemson for like three weeks too long. I'd be up over 200 units, seriously. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I uh, I think I've gotten. I've bet. I have definitely bet. They've not been on the show um, every week, but I have. I have personally bet Clemson every week, either for or against. But I have gotten it wrong every single week. Like I can <laughs> just not get it right. Uh, you can do no uh, right, Stefan. No, I know it's 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 not it's, it's not okay. great. It's not great. It's okay. Well, let's get into the show here. Um, let's, uh, let's dive straight into quarterbacks. I think this is always a really interesting discussion. Again, we want to talk about some quarterbacks that, um, aren't, you know, like your CJ, your CJ Strouds, your, you know, the guys that are like Bryce Young, the guys that we all know about. We want to talk about some guys that, you know, maybe weren't drafted super high, maybe weren't even drafted at all in your Debbie leagues. And maybe you have a couple of shares in C to C, but we want to talk about what they're going to do. Uh, moving forward, what what's their outlook for maybe the NFL? Let's start with a guy who has gotten a ton of buzz before this ups, this last week's upset. Kenny Pickett was in the Heisman discussion. I think his name will be floated around a little bit. I don't think he's going to win the Heisman, but 
it's fun for me personally because I've been talking about Kenny Pickett for three freaking years uh, because it's been hilarious. Um, and now all of a sudden it's not hilarious. He's just producing. So Kenny Pickett, like, is he for real? Is he going to get NFL draft capital? Or is this just uh, the product of a good offense, fun receivers, and just utilizing uh, or just taking advantage of the moment? First off, I just want to, I almost as a joke, but kind of like, eh, he's going to be productive this year, kind of that kind of deal. I actually, in, in the very last round of two deep college decanton leagues, I picked Kenny Pickett, just thinking, you know what? He's going to get some rushing production. He's going to be a high volume passer. Uh, that's just how he rolls. And uh, so I got him in like round 45 in one spot coming <laughs> into this year. And now he's been a starter for me with, with Bailey yeah. Zappi of Western Kentucky. Like, seriously. Bailey Zappi and Kenny Pickett, like that combo this year, like there's like 50 touchdowns already between the two, like over that. So that's, that's, uh, well, that's, that's worked out. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure that you have, that's the number one. Oh, no, no, no. It's Brennan Armstrong, but Zappi is the number two in pass yards. Kenny Pickett's number six. Like, yeah, they're they're both just freaking crazy. Yeah. And we could talk about Zappi here in a bit too, really, but Kenny Pickett. Uh, I think he is actually going to get drafted at this point, and I was not really positive about that until a few weeks ago. Uh, I started seeing some legit, uh, you know, draft analysts um, on Twitter and uh, on podcasts really mentioned Pickett in draft discussions. And in fact, I think it was the Locked On NFL Draft podcast and uh, maybe two others even were ranking Kenny Pickett as high as quarterback two on their list. What? Uh, yeah, like uh, only behind Matt Corral. And that was surprising because I, I'm still on the Sam Howell uh, train for sure. And I'm still uh, very much believing in, in the traits and uh, dual threat ability of Malik Willis, although he's still had a couple games where he's made some uh, crucial mistakes, uh, including the, the 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 Louisiana Monroe loss, which was kind of bad. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I'm really – I think both those guys are clearly – I don't know, head and shoulders above Kenny Pickett. Like Kenny Pickett's good. He's like in his 17th year of college football. He should have it figured out by now. But I do think <laughs> he's going to get drafted. At this point, he he looks like, even by the numbers, his profile looks like he's a guy that's going to get day two capital at least. And I, and I don't think he's going to get round one capital because that's just not – He's not that traits guy that the NFL loves necessarily. He he's fast enough. He's he's got an arm enough, but he it doesn't pop. You know, he's like he he just doesn't spin it right. You know, like all the the film well, words that people love to go and, to. And he's going to be 24 years old when the NFL yeah. season starts. Like exactly. that that to me just sounds. Who was that Oklahoma State quarterback? I can't remember his name right now. That was about that same age when he got drafted uh, in the first round and just never materialized you know oh brandon about? whedon brandon whedon Thank was even you. older yeah he was yeah older than yeah it's just <laughs> to me like that's a it's a it's a red flag it, it's it's problematic and i don't want any i don't want any part no. of that but i don't want to here we are talking about players that have overachieved and here i am like taking a poo on kenny Pickett. No, he, he is <laughs> gonna get drafted though like it, i mean it, it, when you look at his peak passing profile like uh, his adjusted yards for, for pass attempts right now is still over 10 and it, and i haven't really dove into the uh uh, schematic variables that I assess and build out my quarterback model with, but I'd assume he's going to beat that 90th percentile threshold in terms of fat passing efficiency, unless he like falls apart uh, down the stretch. And he's going to be at least above the bare minimum threshold for rushing too. So I think the NFL is going to look in, in, at, at him and his complete resume and go, man, 
this guy is good enough to take a shot on, you know, round three, like, like I allowed the, you know, the Davis mills kind of range this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, he doesn't have much in terms of rushing yards. Like last week against Miami, he was negative because of sacks. Um, <laughs> but then against Vatek, like I think one of his season totals is about 40 yards. So um, he's definitely not doing a ton there, but like, he, like, like you've said before, it, it doesn't take a ton of rushing yards to hit the minimum threshold that we want just for someone not to be a, a statue. Someone that's yeah. not, not productive at all. So, so Kenny Pickett, um, definitely a name that like is interesting. Uh, be interested to see where he goes in the draft. I think, yeah, like, I don't think he's going to get like round one capital, obviously, but like you said, round three, there's some interesting stuff there. Um, a guy I have been very impressed with, with this year actually leads the league in passing yards, I believe. And that uh, is one Brennan Armstrong in um, eight, no, in nine games, he's got 3,668 passing yards, 31 touchdowns. Brennan Armstrong, uh, he, I don't know if it's because he's a lefty or what, but when he releases <laughs> the ball, it looks weird, but yeah. the dude is putting up numbers and uh, he's a ginger. And I, you sympathize? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I don't want to hold prejudice against redheads, but <laughs> Red rifle, I don't know. <laughs> a, a, a lefty ginger? It's just hard with like diamond like <laughs> earrings. It's just hard. To, it's hard to back it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it would. It just looks funky. Like he's just he plays just I'm such a terrible human being, by the nah, way. I feel no, so but like, I, I, it's that. just like his style of play is just bizarre. Like he it's like. He catches the ball and he wants to immediately sprint out of the pocket or sprint past somebody for a rushing yards or something just to make something out of nothing because the team just asks him to do literally everything. Like it's just if Brendan Armstrong doesn't do literally everything for the team, they're going to lose. <laughs> that's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a horrifying place to be. But uh, it's also kind of a, a hilarious place to be. And just, just watching them, you know, put up like 45,000 points in, in, in a game right. is just hilarious. And he's accounting for over 20% of the team's rushing yards, too, on top of just tossing like 3,500-plus passing yards this year, over 20% of the, of the team's rushing yards. So where do you where do you think he gets drafted? Like, do you is Brennan Armstrong, like, is he – are we going to – is this happening? Like, he's a junior. No, it's not. So he doesn't have to come out this year, but he could. No. You don't yeah. think it's going to happen? No, oh, I, I wanted to. I wanted to I be a too. thing. I want him to I, be I the do. next Steve Young. Yeah, you know, I think he could get like day three capital. I, I think he could mm -hmm. just because uh, the scheme that they run there is really, really odd. It's it's just like this this weird option read slash uh, all the runs or short passes kind of ugly offense. Um, it's like it's just a really uglier version of what Coastal Carolina runs. Essentially, <laughs> it's a very very similar high volume, high pace, crazy pace. Um, I, but I think uh, when, when you adjust for the schematic, uh, I cannot talk tonight, variables that kind of boost his profile and boost his efficiency, um, and his average depth of target and things like that, uh, we're going to see a guy who's very boosted by the scheme that he's in. And so like his passing efficiency numbers look okay, look pretty good. But when you adjust for scheme, uh, I think most NFL teams and the numbers would agree that it's not going to be above the 90th percentile in terms of passive efficiency, if not even like 80th percentile, but hmm. he could still get, he could still get drafted just because he is uh, such a funky, unique player. Interesting. Um, not readily what I was hoping you'd say. I was hoping you'd tell me that, yes, he's the next Steve young because 
That's who he reminds me of because he's a lefty and because he scrambles yeah. a little bit and yeah. he's a fun yeah. player. And, and this Virginia team is one that like, uh, I kind of fell in love with early this year because their offense is just so much fun with all the motion, like the, the motion that they run, all the, all the movement pre-snap and yeah. uh, the vertical passing game. It's just been, a, it's been a joy to watch. And, and Brennan Armstrong, I think has been, uh, a, a, a big reason why. And we'll, and we'll talk about another player on that team and, in, in just a little bit when we get to the wide receivers. Um, let's talk about um, let's talk about another ACC quarterback. Let's talk about Hartman uh, from Wake Forest. He's putting up some just stupid numbers as well. Sam Hartman has um, 22 touchdowns, 2,475 yards passing, only three interceptions. He's really done a great job of taking care of the football. He's only a sophomore, so he's not even eligible to come out this year. But uh, do you think Sam Hartman is someone that when Debbie Debbie League start drafting again, do you think he's someone that we should take uh, with one of our last picks to see if maybe this guy uh, can can produce again as a junior and maybe get some some draft capital, or is this all smoke and mirrors? I will say he is actually um, he is actually eligible to come out that next year. It's just he's like a weird bioeligibility bio oh, okay. sophomore situation. But he, damn know, it, I, that's okay, Travis. It's all good. It's all good. Correcting no me. But it's all, it, no, I feel like an in idiot. Fact, do you remember did, you watched the Netflix series uh, QB One? Yes. So do you remember this? That's, like Sam Hartman. That's was why like I love. Season... That's why I love Spencer Rattler so much. Right. And by that I mean not I at all. You know. Yeah. <laughs> at all. You know. Same here. It's like he's a punk. But Sam Hartman. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was like season one. Like he was. Mm. Uh, maybe I season one. About maybe that. season two. Like they actually had back to back seasons where they had a, a different, uh, yeah, he was season two, but they had back to back years where they had different Wake Forest quarterback, quarterbacks for some reason. Uh, and the first year, the guy actually like he tore his ACL and he was out and it was terrible luck for him. But Sam Hartman, um, you know, he he went to this uh, like just school who didn't even have like a, a win in their their program history. Like he transferred from this decent program to this other program to like help rebuild the program, and it was actually kind of a cool story. Um, but no, and then he went to Wake Forest and got passed by Jamie Newman on the depth chart. And we thought, okay, so maybe he's not really going to pan out. Uh, but then he came back and this Real year, quick, he, I feel like, yeah. I feel like we need to pour one out for Jamie Newman. Oh like, man, that guy. That's <laughs> so sad. There's so much hype. So, and then he transferred yeah. to Georgia. Oh, and, oh man, it's so sad. Undrafted. Anyway, yeah. Can, sorry. Continue. But yeah, I mean, at this point though, Sam Hartman has come from this this guy that uh, just looked like another college arm, you know, decent college quarterback. To in the last three games, he's seriously co- compiled 427 yards per game total, passing and rushing yards in the past three weeks alone. Like it's insane. Like if you look at his three past three or four games, like he's on a crazy, uh, insane Heisman pace. Like if he was on any other team, there would be way more hype surrounding Sam Hartman. So yeah. I, I think he gets drafted. Uh, and I think he's really shown development year after year. Do you think he's coming out year. this year? I think I think he will. I think he, oh, wow. uh, and if he doesn't, th- that's okay. He'll be like a, a fifth year guy eventually, and you know maybe maybe we're talking about him next year as, as like uh, the Kenny Pickett that's like all of a sudden in this early day two draft conversation. But I think you know he's at least going to get a uh, day three consideration. I don't think he's going to be a franchise player ever, but he could be somebody that uh, you know it rotates in and out. Okay. Okay. And that's not sexy, was, but like it, that's no, that's no, it's, it's unreal though, because like there's so few quarterbacks in every well, single draft and, that are actually worth getting excited about. And that's one of the things I really appreciate about your analysis is that you don't just hype up everyone who has a nice statistical profile or even like a nice recruiting profile. Like 
you do the work to make sure that we're not overvaluing players um, just because they're fun, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because like, that's that's a tendency because people like to be hot takey and they like to be like, oh, Sam Hartman, he's going to be the next whatever. Or yeah. like me, Brennan Armstrong's the next Steve Young. <laughs> like, I will say, and, though, I will say, though, ba- Bailey Zappi. <laughs> Here we go. I think he, I think he could surprise just because really? I think, yes, because his, I think teams are going to like Bailey Zappi and what he's been able to do. Like when teams know that you're going to pass 50 times per game and then you do it and then you do it with ridiculous success and ridiculous efficiency over and over and over again in a completely new system, like uh, not system, but like a new s- setup with the, uh, you're learning your, yeah. your entire offense. He had, a couple of his receivers come over from Houston Baptist with him. He's got his right. offensive and his coordinator. Coach. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, it's like, hey, Western Kentucky brought in literally over 20 transfers. So they're piecing this this team of mercenaries together. And they're like, right. go do this. And then and then all of a sudden, he's just like, hey, here's 33 touchdowns in eight games, guys. What's up? And It's crazy. And so I think Bailey Zappi is a, a, not only just an amazing story, but he's he is going to get drafted. I don't know where. Um but he's going to rise. Does it uh, concern you all that he like just didn't doesn't have a recruiting profile at all? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, no, I mean, because he's just that that weird situation. Like, we, and we've seen a few of these guys come up. And I, I'm not saying he's like an Aaron Rodgers. I'm not saying he's like a a Josh Allen. But I am saying because he doesn't have those those kind of traits. He doesn't um, throw off platform better than anybody in NFL history, like Aaron Rodgers might. But but he's somebody that. Uh, He's going to be rising because I think the film people are going to look and see what he does in terms of processing um, mm. and really love that aspect of his game and his ability to make sound decision after sound decision and really drop it into a bucket where he needs to. He doesn't have a rocket arm, uh, but neither does, you know, neither do either, any of the guys we're talking about tonight okay. so far. Okay. I, I, I like that name. Uh, he's someone that we were kind of excited about coming into the season, not necessarily from a debbie perspective but more of a college dfs or college fantasy perspective because we thought we, he would put up numbers but i like that you're um kind of uh, suggesting that he might have a future in the nfl that's pretty exciting yeah um let's talk a little bit about i mean we need to probably hurry it up here because we okay. spending so much time on quarterback but uh tanner mordecai he's a former oklahoma quarterback so yeah. he definitely had some 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 hype around him obviously now at smu um, I cashed my SMU over ticket this last. Well, I'm about to cash my SMU over ticket because uh, I knew it was up. Tanner Mordecai has been real good this year. Oh, yeah. um, he's he's been uh, super fun. I have him in a couple um, C to C leagues and boy, is he great. Uh, what are your thoughts on Mordecai? Do you think he is going to generate like he's had a great season? Do you think he's going to generate NFL uh, draft capital? Do you think he'll be able to produce at the next level? I think he could. I think the the scheme that he's in, though, really does prop up. Uh, numbers quite a bit. I mean, if you look at uh, he's he's had I guess three guys that have been really productive at the wide receiver position, plus the ghost of Grant Calcaterra that's come up for them. Hey, so Grant yeah. Calcaterra, I think was like I think Matt Wispay's wife nannied him or something like that. So wow, well, he's, he's a friend of the first team. round draft capital. Then he's he, he's, <laughs> a, a, he's a friend of the pod. He's a friend of the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> friend of the podcast. Family. Grant Calcaterra. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Rashi Rice, Danny Gray, Reggie Roberson, uh, that that trio mm-hmm. there, uh, they've all been just eat, like feasting there. Um, Sonny Dykes uh, and what he's done with that program mm-hmm. is amazing. It's going to get him a new job in this offseason. So good for him. 
Uh, unless, Tennessee. unless like SMU moving to Big Twelve country, maybe, maybe he's like, hey, let's build something nah, here. He's he's gonna no, catch him. Right. Like he's he's gonna have his pick. Texas uh, Tech, you think? Texas Tech, TCU. I think TCU. I mean, like, he doesn't even really have to move like with that situation. Right. So that's it. it's um, right down the street. Uh, yeah, and they might open open their uh, checkbook there. So that might be fun for him. But yeah, Mordecai. Um, I, I can't say that I'm super confident he's going to get drafted. Uh, but if he does keep beasting down the stretch, if they do beat Cincinnati and it's because of Mordecai, I think they're, they're, he's going to get some serious consideration for some capital, but uh, not early. Okay. So maybe uh, maybe I need to slow the Jets. I need to slow the Jets on all this guy. Okay. The guy I'm most excited about, the, the quarterback who I think – um, is the most, and, and maybe it's just because it's the same school and he's mobile and he's got a fun arm and he looks great. Uh, Malik Cunningham to me could be the X factor. He could be, um, I don't want to say Lamar Jackson. That seems too easy, but man, he's a fun quarterback. He's great to watch. I've been really enjoying, uh, Malik Cunningham's play this year. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on, on him, uh, uh moving forward? He actually does. He was one of a, only a few passers, uh, power five passers coming into this year that actually had a season of above 90th percentile in passing efficiency and like over 15% uh, rushing yard market share for his team. And this year, again, he's just killing it on the ground. Like I think 12 or 13 rushing touchdowns, over 500 rushing yards, and he's got almost 2,000 passing yards. He's again struggled with decision making. Um, mm -hmm. it was incredibly efficient, like, I guess two years ago in his first action, uh, and really outside of a couple games, he was great last year. He just had, had a couple of blow up bad games with interceptions again this year. He's had a couple more of that. Um, so he, he's an, 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 amazing electric playmaker that I think is going to be, uh, one of those guys that sticks around on, on NFL rosters for a long time, because of, like you said, he's just this crazy electric dual threat guy who was, it was crazy fun to watch. Um, and I think it could be like a Tyrod Taylor type in the NFL mm. that, that yeah. you know, finds an opportunity and is valuable in, in certain windows and might be as a rookie uh, if he's in the right situation. Okay. I like that. Um, I think a lot would have to, like he'd have to get not only um, drafted by the right team, but stuff would have to break a certain way for him to get the chance that he'll need. Yeah. But if that happens, he could, we we could see something happen, but it would take um, a little bit of fortune. Uh, you yeah. added a name to this list that um, you know is a name that people shouldn't be surprised to hear. It's Coastal Carolina's Grayson McCall. Talk to me. He's seriously somehow at this point through eight games still averaging like almost three full yards more per attempt than like anybody uh, adjusted yards per attempt more than anybody at this point in the year. It's just unreal. Like his efficiency. Um, it's pretty much it's unmatched. Like there's never been a player more efficient as a passer in the history of, of the entire sport uh, at any level that I know of than what That's he's so doing dumb. this year. Like it's ridiculous. So and it's not at a super high volume. He's not chucking the ball 50,000 times a game. That's not what he's asked to do. But what he's asked to do on every single play is like make one, two, three read and like on everything, even a play where he's going to be the runner. Like he's reading so quickly to make things happen. Um, and that that processing speed, his instincts and uh, his playmaking ability on the ground as well. He hasn't had to do, do that this year as much, but he's already proven that in prior seasons that he can be a threat on the ground. Uh, but he's doing it through the air and proving that he can win games with his arm essentially alone. He's got new pieces at running back. He's got new pieces all around 
I even I, I believe in a couple of spots in the offensive line. He's got great guy, you know, on the outside, he's got Javon Hiley and Isaiah Likely, veterans to throw to, but he's really looking like the truth. I think he's a sophomore though, right? Be, he's a true sophomore, right? No, I think he's a junior uh, or redshirt sophomore, whatever it is, by eligibility. But so he's he's actually if there's anybody that's going to uh, come out this year and get get capital out, out of the G5 ranks that that is truly surprising, I think, to some. Grayson Call is, is that guy. He's draft eligible, really? Oh yeah, I absolutely. I thought, I thought he. I thought he. No, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. He. Uh, yeah, he uh, redshirted in 2019. You're right. Okay. Um, I was wrong about that. I knew he was a sophomore, but he is not a true sophomore. So that's good. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break here and then we'll hit running back wide receiver and then, uh, one or two tight ends. Uh, we will be right back with you in about a minute. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we are back. Let's get into the running back position. I want to start with um, a guy that deserves all the hype, all the accolades one can throw on them. A dude that... Um, I was writing, I, I wrote a piece this off season about some, some running backs that are, uh, maybe undervalued, uh, guys like, I mean, Travis Dye was on the list. Um, I can't remember many others. And you were like, Hey, maybe you should write about Kenneth Walker the third. And I was like, eh, nah, I don't want to. <laughs> and then, uh, oops, <laughs> that would have made that piece really dynamic. Uh, Kenneth Walker, man, uh, absolutely crushing. I think he's uh, currently uh, the second, um, like the second odds-on favorite to win the Heisman, um, unlike DraftKings and Caesars. So he's right there, I man. Kenneth Walker the third having a fantastic year. Um, in all honesty, like it'd be hard for me to 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 argue if you were like he should be the RB one. It would be hard for me to argue against you right now. Um, so what are you, what are your thoughts though, in all honesty on, on, on Kenneth Walker right now? You know, I think, uh, I'm not alone in, in having liked Kenneth Walker coming into this year for sure. I think uh, there were several people that, that loved what he did in, uh, you know, the sample at Wake Forest even because Wake Forest offensive line and offensive like yards before contact, uh, that they would actually block and uh, yards blocked, I guess. Uh, there were several metrics that agreed that Wake Forest offensive line was pretty much trash in 2019 and 2020. They cleaned it up this year, but he was still finding ways to be one of the leaders in, in yards after contact per attempt and uh, in, in just a bunch of efficiency metrics showing that he could get to the edge, had enough speed to make, make guys miss, and um, even against tougher opponents still be okay. Um, 
we like to, to see guys a little bit more efficient than his like sub five yards per carry mark last right. year. Um, but you know, he comes over to Michigan state and they're like, Hey man, we want you to be our offense. And he answers yeah. the call and yeah, puts up five rushing touchdowns in the biggest game of the year and absolutely kills the entire DFS slate, <laughs> by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. and, and I think he's, he's risen to the occasion and I, I think he, he should be in the Heisman conversation. He's not my running back one. Uh, he's in the running back three conversation. Uh, and I, I just do don't you mind. Think- do you mind telling me who, what your height, how you go one, two, three right now? Brees Hall. Um, still, you, you still have Brees Hall number yeah, one. Still Brees Hall. He's kind of, he's kind of been disappointing this year. Let's be honest. I, like he's know, been fine. He's been well, fine, but he hasn't. He, he, Brees yeah, Hall, yeah, exactly. not so much. But Iowa State has definitely been disappointing. But Isaiah Spiller still two. And I think right now it's, it's Kenneth Walker three. But I don't think actually at this point there's not – I don't think there's going to be any running backs taken in the first round. So I think it, we're going to see uh, a group that has some go day two. and uh, But, you know, there might be five day two, maybe six day two. Uh, but it's going to be a leaner class at that position in terms of top-tier elite talent. Uh, but I think in this in this class, Kenneth Walker could rise up to uh, the RB one conversation. Yeah, um, a name that maybe uh, I'll, I'm going to be honest. I mentioned him in passing when um, Wispe and I were going through like our conference previews. We were talking about Illinois and the arrival of Brett Bielema, and I was like, "Listen, the dude loves to run the football." Um, and Chase Brown um, has is it Chase Brown? Yeah. Am I getting that right? He has been, I know I didn't put him in the show doc. Sorry. Um, he has been really, really good as of late. Um, is he someone that you think is, is a notable mention here at running back or is he just um, kind of benefiting from a system that looks to run the ball an awful lot because they can't pass the ball in all honesty. Um, I think it's mainly that I think it's like, you know, he, he he's a good running back. He's a good college running back, but I don't think I'm ever going to get pumped about him. Uh, yeah. Being a, the leader of an NFL backfield, I think he could be that that, that feisty guy that, that stays on a roster for a long time, uh, a lot like a Jeremy McNichols. And if there's an injury to a colossal monster ahead of him, he's just like this week. He's relevant in in certain spurts, but I don't think uh, he's going to get significant draft capital. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, we don't have to stick on that name very long here. Um, let's move on to another team that wears the same colors. Uh, let's talk about Sean Tucker, who is currently your leader in rushing yards with 1,267. He's got 11 rushing touchdowns, 201 rushes on the year already. So, I mean, he I, I'm not 100% sure, but I think that's the, the highest for any running back. Um, but he is the running back at Syracuse. What are your thoughts on Sean Tucker? Anytime I have bet against Sean Tucker, I mean, excuse me, anytime I have bet against Syracuse, Sean Tucker has really pissed me off because he just <laughs> takes over the game. Yeah. And and it's a it's a frustrating thing to watch because you're like, mm-hmm. just stop the guy. They're not throwing the ball. Mm-mm. It's gonna either be Sean Tucker and I forget, is it Schneider or some uh, Garrett Schrader. Schrader, yeah, 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 yeah. Quarterback slash running back is yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like one of them is running the ball, but it's so frustrating. So talk to me a little bit about what we're doing with um what we're doing with sean tucker from syracuse yeah and he's 2023 so he's it's just he's in that that stacked class but he's like that forgotten man somehow even though he's leading the nation in in most meaningful rushing categories right now um 
I think he deserves very much so to be right up there, right below the Tank Bixby's, Tank Bixby's of the world for Auburn, right below Jameer Gibbs of Georgia Tech, like right in that range in terms of NFL prospect type upside and status. And some people that just, you know, check the leaderboards and look at raw stats might think, how could you have him below Tank Bixby of Auburn? And how could you have him below Jameer Gibbs, who has actually, by the way, almost leading in terms of receptions and receiving yards for running backs mm. in the entire yeah. nation. Like I'm looking for NFL upside and Sean Tucker certainly has that, but he also is just really boosted by the workload. And that's mostly what fantasy football is in the, in the pros, but how you get there is by uh, having some traits that really speak to uh, making it in in the first top you know top 100 picks in the NFL draft, and I don't, I don't, I, I think he could be in the in day th- you know day two you know maybe round three, but I don't see any upside for him going in round one and maybe not even round yeah. two. So he's going to keep doing this though because they, they are he's the offense. So I think he's going to coast to uh, another season even after this one of ridiculous production. And at worst case, we're looking at a guy who's fourth round. But I think he could sneak into uh, round three. Okay, trivia question. Who was the last relevant Syracuse running back? The last relevant Syracuse running back? What's the the minimum threshold for relevant? I don't know. I don't actually have an answer for this question. Okay. I'm just, I was just going to take your word for it. I'm like, I guess like, there's not many. Like, I don't even. Donovan McNabb. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, he was. Yeah. And in, in his Washington days, you know, I don't know. Oh, uh, man. Uh, anyway, let's move on. Uh, okay. Uh, next thing I want to talk about is. Uh, the the rushing touchdowns leader Tyler Algier for BYU um, is this just uh, is, is is he possibly good or is this just um, a statistical outlier that maybe we shouldn't uh, read too much in? I will say he also has I think he's also the third leading rusher right behind Tucker and Walker um, with eleven hundred and twenty seven yards. Those sixteen touchdowns of uh, his production profile looks really really good. Um, is he someone that we want to consider adjusting? I mean, he's a former linebacker, so it's hard for me to get excited. What are your What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think we we briefly mentioned it before the show. I just don't. I'm not really sure how athletic he is. Like he was immensely efficient last year when you had uh, a, a top ten pick, top two pick uh, at quarterback playing against you know barely a top one hundred schedule. Like it was it was a really right. really soft schedule. Uh, for him last year and he was crazy efficient off off the off the charts efficient like eight yards per touch or something but that's come down to earth this year uh, by like 30 percent or more less efficient this year for Tyler Algier and I'm not sure that he's going to get capital in fact I'm pretty sure he's not so he's going to be that big bodied guy that that uh, sticks on an NFL roster again you think he will strong enough like you think he'll stick on an NFL roster I think he will he's strong enough he's uh, I don't know. He's he's got the grit, you know. Like he's yeah, well, yeah. He, he's I mean, that guy, you. and he he adds the yak, and you know he he's fun to root for. But um, uh, but I, I and I think he's going to produce uh, consistently as long as he decides to stay at BYU. I, he might be that guy that doesn't actually come out this year, mm-hmm. um, and that's a good thing maybe for his draft capital. Maybe he develops even even more as a receiver, and and then he becomes uh, more interesting. Maybe that's in the cards. Because uh, he has kind of been adding that, I guess, to his resume a little bit this year, but he's not been efficient with it. But he's got to improve, I think, uh, in that regard, or add one more element to his game to make me think that he's going to get the requisite capital to be a, a fantasy football star. 
I think he will be a special team star. That's I'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, I, and by special team star, I don't mean a returner. I mean, he will be on the kick coverage and punt coverage teams and will be great. He'll knock <laughs> somebody that, out like once a game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like um, that game against, I don't remember who, where he like, uh, it was like a pick and they were running it back and he jumped and like caught up with a guy and jumped and like punched it out for a fumble. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about Max Borgie for a minute. He was dead to us. Last, like, so he, there was a lot of hype around him after his sophomore year where he had over 800 yards, 11 total touchdowns. And then another was like 605 um, through the air. Just absolute monster year with like almost 1500 yards and 16 touchdowns. He followed up his junior year last year where he only played in one game hmm. um, and didn't do a whole lot. And now all of a sudden uh, he's got eight, eight touchdowns. He's got uh, 678 scrimmage yards in nine games. Is Max Borgie back? No. But okay. <laughs> not to where he was. I mean, not to where he was because – I was um, never a believer, so no. I'm, I'm, I'm good with no. that answer. The uh, summer – let's see, early summer 2020, Rob Willett, who I, I will just name and make fun of because he would give it right back to me and does every day in, in group chats. But he actually select, – <laughs> He selected Max Borgie, I think, in the second round of our 100 round. Oh, uh, my God. Full IDP, like ridiculously. The most absurd W League of all time where we can draft any living, breathing human being. Like, in fact, if I wanted to, to, to draft my son who's going to be born in a month in this league, that would be fair game. Like, that's how yeah. ridiculous this league is. And Max Borgie he probably went, has He probably has weak shoulders. You might not want to do he, that. Yeah, he probably has weak shoulders. Yeah, don't, draft, <laughs> don't draft my son. Uh, yeah, if he it takes after his dad. But uh, no, Max Borgie is not worth a second round Debbie pick. He's not back back. Uh, but, you know, he's he's a re- good receiving back. You know, the, the ceiling for a Borgie type is a James White. That's, that's the absolute mm-hmm. ceiling. That's, um, and then that would be like, oh my God, slam dunk. Yes. This is great. Yes, absolutely. He got everything probably, out of everything. Yes, but probably not, probably not exactly. But he's, it's fun to see him actually climbing back because it was, it was a bummer to see him uh, almost not play at all last year. Right. Uh, let's talk about Cincinnati's running back, Jerome Ford, touchdown machine. Um, I know you like him a little bit here. Talk to me about what you see in him. I mean, he's got 14 rushing touchdowns on the year. He, um, He's averaging like six plus yards a carry. Uh, he is he's doing a lot of work for Cincinnati. What do you like about Jerome Ford? So Jerome Ford uh, would be the exception in terms of Cincinnati running backs getting any love whatsoever here recently. Uh, what was his face a couple years ago? It was uh, Michael Warren the second. Like he even came out a year early. Like it was an early declare. He checked some productive boxes that we like to see at Rotoviz, uh, undrafted, and now nothing. Jared Dokes right. last year. Oh, who, Dokes. Yeah, Dokes, oh. who, who was not good. I know that there were people that liked I just, him. He's not good. Like, right he's just now. not good. Like, he's not. Born one out. But, um, you know, again, he kind of had a, a moment here where people thought he was going to be a, a good running back in the NFL. Not Obviously not. Um, but Dr- Jerome Ford, well, the reason why I like him, and he could be running back four for me uh, when it's all said and done uh, in this class. Uh, but he, former Alabama guy. You know, there's like four or five other four and five stars there at Alabama. And he's like, okay, I'm getting some work, but Najah Harris is still ahead of me. I'm going to leave town, go get more uh, opportunity. And uh, immediately shows up and uh, is the most efficient weapon for Cincinnati that they have. And because they respect Jared Dokes and they give him some, some more touches that he does not deserve, 
last year. <laughs> um, and Jerome Ford does have some absolute lightning production and like just ridiculous plays last year, but he wasn't like it, w- the offense wasn't given to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year it finally is. And he is just dominating like in every single game and, and every single play, even when he doesn't gain a whole bunch, like he is dominating someone on that play. So he's, he's an incredible runner as far as a vision standpoint, uh, as far as like a tenacity standpoint. Uh, and he doesn't re- get a bunch of receptions because Cincinnati doesn't even really throw the ball that much and they don't use their running backs that way, but he was actually a receiver uh, for most of high school. Like he did that on top of being uh, an efficient running back. So I'm not worried about that aspect of his game. Like some might be. So knowing his background and knowing his pedigree, cause he was a four-star prospect and, and knowing that he's dominating now uh, in a weaker class, he could be the running back for, uh, and I don't think anybody's loving him that, that much or enough at this point. Mm. No, no, that's good. That's great. Actually. Um, he is someone who has been just absolutely great on DF in DFS. If you've <laughs> if you've used him the right weeks when he's been available, he's been uh, he's been really smashing. Uh, let's move over to wide receiver uh, for a minute here. I want to start with a guy that like I just love. I mean, we talked about Brennan Armstrong earlier, and and his favorite target has been Dontavian Wicks, and he has been just absolutely phenomenal this year. Um, Wicks is fourth in the country in, in receiving yards. I believe he's tied for second in total touchdowns, um, with, uh, 11 touchdowns and over a thousand yards receiving 45 receptions. Uh, Wicks just looks like, um, a, a really good receiver at the moment. Do you think he, again, it's Virginia. He is a junior. Do you think he will get the draft capital that we need to see from wide receiver to be relevant? Or is he going to be one of these, uh, late round like six guys that just doesn't get the opportunity like a tyler johnson type that yeah he's got a talent he's got the skills but he won't get the the um the opportunity i think he'll be smart and i think he'll return to school after this year uh and i think we'll see uh, all the guys around him that, that have been getting a bunch of targets depart like keaton thompson and uh billy and billy camp i think they could come back just because of the weird covid year but i think they might not you know uh, and so I think th- he's already proved proven to be the most efficient deep threat that they have. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's funny. He's, he's third in receptions because Virginia's weird scheme where they, you know, they basically hit Billy Kemp for like a negative two yard, two yard, a <laughs> right. where he takes right. it, you know, for some yak or Keaton Thompson, who's essentially playing like a, he, he's like being like a running back, a fullback, a tight end, a wide receiver. He's playing everywhere for that Virginia scheme this year. But they just run him up the seam or something simple where he can just uh, bully someone. But Dontavian Wicks is the only true like wide receiver he, on the team. He, like, he reminds me a lot of Deami Brown last year, which I know is not like the most exciting comp because he hasn't done anything in the NFL. He's got um, a lot of snaps. But, <laughs> yeah, but but he kind of reminds me of that, like that yeah. deep threat who is super efficient on those plays, um, can track the ball. He really utilizes his um, his leverage in like his downfield play, mm-hmm. which to me is an underrated quality in a wide receiver, and it's really hard to quantify. But uh, I think we should try to figure that out because it's mm-hmm. a, it's it's really important. And uh, and and to me, that's something that Wicks does uh, better than most. Yeah, I think he will return to school. I think he'll pad his stats next next year and and just complete his resume and then get day two capital next year. I think he. This year would be a stretch just because he doesn't have a really, a really super complete production profile, and teams would be a little bit concerned that he's really only got one year of doing mm-hmm. this. Uh, so we normally like to see guys come out early, 
But because it's Virginia, because it's a weird scheme, do yourself a favor, Wix. Go back, kill it again, and then get top 100 capital. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wandale Robinson, Kentucky, uh, transferred there this year. Our boy Wispay loves some Wandale. What are your thoughts? I mean, you know, people are going to comp him to uh, like a Rondale Moore. He's actually quite a bit bigger than Rondale Moore, as is as are most people in the NFL. But <laughs> you, know, and, you know, and I, I love Rondale Moore. Like I, I'm a boiler, no. boiler maker. Like boiler that was up. very funny to me. Yeah, but uh, you know, he's that guy that he he was like a running back for three or four weeks for Nebraska, and then he's this yeah. uh, slot wide receiver, this yak weapon uh, in Kentucky. Like they've been professionals at, at finding these guys that just, Hey, you're just a football player. We're going to get you the ball somewhere and you'll probably find the end zone. And, uh, so he's a gadget guy. Uh, so he, he, he could come in and have success as a slot receiver. Um, but, uh, I'm not sure unless it, he's going to be more landing spot dependent than I think most I think people, but yeah, I think at the same time, really I think you get, I think he gets, Day two capital. Like, I don't think he's around one guy. I don't think he's ever even going to get that hype like Kadarius Tony shouldn't ever have either. But, uh, you know, he was a gadget guy. Um, you know, that be, might be another comp that people go to because it's even more recent. Because uh, mm-hmm. he can he can shake and bake and make, make some people miss. Um, but, yeah, it, I'm just going to really, really be paying attention to the opportunity and the scheme that he's in. Okay, yeah. Um, I want to talk about Jakari Robinson or Jaquari Roberson from Wake Forest. It's a hard name to say. Yes. Um, I I already talked a little bit about um, my love for Wake Forest and their offense. Uh, Roberson has been, I mean, Perry's been great too, but Roberson has just been a little bit more efficient. Um, I think he's really a fun receiver. He he seems really talented to me. Um, But... I'm curious if you see what I see and if you think that that translates. I mean, he's got 737 um, yards. He's got six touchdowns. He's a junior. He's eligible to come out. I don't know if he will. Um, A.T. Perry at the same like, same token, a year younger, um, has been just he's got fewer receptions, but he has a higher like um, like average yards per reception, all that kind of stuff. Uh, same amount of touchdowns. So, so the, the way Forest receivers are doing great here. Um, do you think Roberson has a, a future in the NFL or do you think that this is again, just like Sam Hartman, like a product of the offense and then kind of the Tom foolery that they're running up there in, uh, in Wake Forest. Yeah. So and Tom, I, I foolery, think... Tom foolery is an underrated, yes. underrated expression. Like a respectful Tom foolery, you know, like, <laughs> yes. you know, just like a really, yeah. Smart Tom foolery, but no, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think there were people in the, in the Debbie community, myself included, that thought Donovan Green was going to go off last year and be a huge deal. Um, and Jakari Roberson is the reason he didn't. Um, mm-hmm. And coming into this year, Roberson actually had a top five adjusted production index among all power five wide receivers already. Uh, and he improved mm-hmm. that this year. So coming into you know the NFL draft season, he's going to have a top six or seven production profile uh, among all wide receivers in college football that are coming out into the NFL draft this year. And he has um, some of that, those intangibles that NFL teams are going to love too. Like there was, uh, there was one game last year where he, there was a drive where he just dominated. He took over the game. I think he had three receptions. He had to take a snap because he got just lit up over the middle, you know, grabbing uh, basically what, what was almost a touchdown came off the field for one snap basically because he got 
dominant, like just destroyed. Um, and rather than actually calling another play or rather, yeah, rather than just keeping the drive going, Wake literally called a timeout so that they didn't have to have Roberson miss a play so that they could come back in and immediately throw the ball back to him in the end zone for the touchdown. Mm. Um, and he is that kind you of impact player. Yeah. That you love to see that, that. Yeah. That, that kind of conversation and that kind of situation NFL team is going to notice that and he's going to get yeah. some capital real quick. Xavier Rhodes. I'm watching the jets Colts game. It's Thursday night. While we're recording <laughs> yeah. Xavier Rhodes just thought he had a pick and ran into the end zone and then flipped off everyone. <laughs> and then it got called an incomplete pass. It was pretty great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you love to see it. You love yeah. to see it. Um, who's what's another receiver that you want to talk about here? You've got a couple of names here. We're we're kind of like uh, going long. I was like, okay, I don't know I'll if we're gonna have enough to talk about tonight. And then all of a sudden, guys. yeah, we're guys, at 15 minutes. Their names all start with J. We already had Jakari Jakari Roberson, but three J's you need to remember as well. Javon Hiley, Coastal Carolina, Jalen Colbert, yeah. South Alabama, and Jaden Reed of Michigan State. Uh, I, I think wanna, people have heard of Jaden Reed just yes. because of what, what Michigan State has been doing. Yes, and Jalen um, Naylor. Like, the, the, that, that duo has been a lot of fun for Michigan State. Most people know right. him. Jaden Reed, even in... But these, in, other two, these other two, I don't know if many people know about. No, and that's... I mean, part of it is because who in the heck actually watches South Alabama games? Like, I mean, I do. Us, I do. Us, like, we yeah, do. We do. But we, we probably have a problem. We have we most likely have a di- diagnosable problem. Like there's most, a reason. There's yeah. a reason my wife left me. I'm just gonna <laughs> say that. Oh gosh, dude. But Jalen Tolbert. I mean, South Alabama is a very new football program in general, and Jalen Tolbert was the first wide receiver in program history to rack up a thousand yards last year, and he already has uh, already done it, and he's gonna do it again this year. Uh, he's coming up on like an over 40%, I think, dominator rating this year, which we love yeah. to see. Uh, he's being super efficient as far as you can be efficient in South Alabama's offense. Um, and so, but he's doing it in a way, he's he's just a dominant wide receiver that can outmuscle you and destroy you in contested situations. But then he can also beat you downfield. He's got enough speed. I think teams are going to love this guy. And, and, and G5 wide receivers don't always get draft capital. Um, but he's one that's going to. I, I think fact, he'll be like a Dwayne Eskridge where would, someone's going to yes. be like, no, no, lock I want up. him. Yep, like for sure. Round two even. I'd, like Round yep. two, lock it up, done. And 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 people on draft night are going to be like, whoa, we thought, gonna go, we thought, we yeah. thought he was going to go in round four. No, <laughs> and it's no, like, no. nope, nope. someone's going to fall in love. I, I'm with you on that one. And yep. it'll be incredible for the program. I, I just yeah. love to see it. Javon Hiley, same thing. You know, it's, people want to talk about how, and I've already done it. The scheme there is really fun. It's really create, creative. Chadwell, there, he's going to get a different job at some point. He's, he's, they're going to build a statue to him because of what he's done for the program. Grace McCall uh, is an amazing quarterback. Isaiah Likely, amazing tight end. But Javon Hiley just takes over so games. Good. So um, good. Uh, he had a, a top tier adjusted production index among all. I think he was a top five adjusted production index coming into this year among all G5 wide receivers. Now he's smashing even harder this year. So it's basically yeah. in terms of production profiles and wide receivers that are going to get capital uh, from smaller schools or whatever. It's it's Khalil Shakur, 
Boise State, Javon Hiley, and Jalen Tolbert. And all three, man, if I could put like some kind of weird parlay on those three all getting day two capital right now. Yes, please. Let's do that. Oh my gosh. I need to find that actually. Right after the the show, I'm going to do it. If you do, if you do, let me know because I want to piece. No, Khalil Shakir, by the way, I I didn't put him in in the doc because I was already high on him. Man, that dude's good. Yeah. But highly, it's like teams know, hey, he's the only option that they have on the outside. We should probably right. stop him. And they can't. And they can't. <laughs> yeah, you know? absolutely. He, he reminds absolutely. me, um, I think he's going to get comp to Rashad Bateman, but he's faster. Well, maybe faster, like which is crazy. <laughs> I mean, maybe he's not because, like, you know, at least because Bateman's whatever pumped up pro day numbers <laughs> or whatever. Like, that's so fake. Like, he's not that fast. Just but, real quick. A, a New York Jets receiver caught the ball, fell over, and literally handed it to an Indianapolis Colts cornerback. Like, <laughs> the worst play I've ever seen. Like, it's like the butt fumble, but better. Oh, oh my man. God. Oh, That's... my God. The Jets are just the freaking worst. And I love to see. Sorry, Jets fans who are it. tuning in and also <laughs> crying right now, probably. <laughs> They've already seen it. They're, yeah. This is it's just laugh. That's all you can yeah. do is laugh. For some reason, I don't think it counted. Uh, let's move on to tight end. There's there's a couple of guys we want to talk about. You mentioned Isaiah Likely already. Um, he's got eight touchdowns on the year. Um, he's been just absolutely phenomenal for Coastal Carolina. There were two other names that you added to uh, to the list yep. here. Uh, one of which uh, you were talking about um, in the in the preseason here. Uh, Trey McBride is a guy you were pretty high on going into the year, mm-hmm. and he seems to just have. Uh, Proved your point, and then uh, Derek Deese as well. So, talk to me a little bit about those two guys. Yep, I mentioned them even on the podcast maybe two weeks ago, or I don't know when it was, but Derek Deese Jr. again, San Jose State. If he does declare this year, Derek Deese Jr. is probably going to rise and be one of the top guys in this class. Uh, he's, uh, he's, he's. I think he's going to. Uh, I'm not sure if he got a Senior Bowl invite or whatever. I think he actually is definitely going to kind of going to come out this year. I think he's going to get capital though. Uh, he's the second leading tight end in, in terms of receiving yards in the nation behind only Trey McBride of Colorado State, who has been their entire receiving offense. Uh, they were missing Dante Wright there for a good portion of the year. He's And even when he's been back, he's not been 100%. But Trey McBride has been, has been carrying that very embarrassingly bad passing attack for Colorado yep. State. Yep, and he's yep, been yep. the only option. Like, And so he just takes over games by himself. He had 100% of Colorado State's touchdowns last year through the air. Uh, it's not that way this year, but he still <laughs> dominates. Ridiculous. That's embarrassing. That's what that is. That's embarrassing for Colorado State. My uh, my boss, um, his daughter goes to Colorado State, so he goes to a bunch of their games, and I just laugh at him. Yeah. <laughs> like, why are you wasting your time yeah. going to Rams games? Come on now. You can waste your time it's going bad. to Buffalo's game. It's bad. <laughs> Colorado is just a shit show right now. But I will say this tight, this upcoming tight end class, there might not be a, well, there's not a cop hits, but there might be a dozen intriguing tight ends that all get floated out. Maybe even more floated out as guys that that could get day two capital. You're going to see here a bunch of different podcasts. Like he could get day two capital. It's but for real though, like they're not lying to you. Who's, who's the one, um, who's the one guy that you would um you would want your name attached to the one tight end yes is it trey mcbride is he the one that you're like this is the guy that i'm I'm gonna ride or die with <laughs> yeah I, yes T- yes sure 
Yeah, why not? Yeah, because <laughs> because like it's not sexy to be like, yeah, I'm a big Jalen Widemeyer fan. So is everybody else? No, I don't else. think. No, no. Like, I don't no. think. No, no. I, he doesn't count to me. Yeah, everyone's already on him. I mean, like outside of the obvious name, like he he's the obvious. Like outside of him, I mean. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Trey McBride, he's going to end up with a thousand receiving yards as as a tight end and Beautiful. just be uh, unstoppable. Yes, there are several other guys that I like to get pumped about, like even like Cole Turner, Nevada. Uh, Charlie, uh, Charlie Kohler, Iowa State. You know, right. there there are several several guys worth getting pumped about. Isaiah Likely is getting pumped up. Derek Deese. I mean, like there are people that I, I like uh, in this class. Um, but yeah, Trey McBride, just because he's just been fantastic. And plus, there was actually a, a, a Titans wide receiver for a while who was actually my neighbor who was also named Trey, Trey McBride. Shout out to you, man. But uh, there you go. There yeah, you go. so got it. Got to attach my name to him now. All right, there you go. Well, before we call it quits, um, who are your favorite kickers going? I'm just kidding. No. And <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My wife's favorite you. kicker is is actually Young Way Koo, by the way. Well, yeah, there you go. I mean, it's yeah. a good name. Go go Atlanta Falcons. That's yeah, an amazing um, name. One of the best decisions I made this offseason was when I told Rotoviz I was no longer writing my kicker column. I was like I don't have the energy for this anymore. It was it was a valuable column. I just didn't want to do it anymore. Um, no, this is good stuff, man. I'm excited to talk about some players that we we think are um, exciting coming up for this, uh, the, like right now in this season, and people who um, could be drafted and get some draft capital that uh, we did not expect coming into the year. That's one of the things I love about college football is just seeing these these players make these jumps that we didn't see coming. Um, yep. it's always sad when you see these players that we, like we talked about last week where you expect the jump and it doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, but there are just as many guys that just come out of nowhere that we can be just super pumped on. And like, while like, I don't think that Kenny Pickett is Joe Burrow by any means. <laughs> um, it is exciting to see like someone like him, um, make a name for himself, become relevant and, uh, oh, absolutely. Have his name in the conversation. But yeah, absolutely. And, th- and that's what makes this, this so much fun. Uh, and one more thing, just shout out because I've been um, I'm, I'm a youth pastor here locally in, in Middle Tennessee and a couple guys at one of the high schools that is close to the church where I work for. They just actually got both of them got offers from Memphis and one of the wide receivers got an offer from Michigan State and Penn State, oh, by the way. Awesome. Uh, or no, and Miami, like all within like the last week or so. So shout That's out. Fantastic. Yeah, Justin Brown is a wide receiver, just balling this year for, for Blackman High School and Ben Marshall. I uh, knew him through the baseball stuff I do. Um, with FCA and man, all both those kids are going to be great college players here soon. So the deepest any, of deepest any, cuts there. But any any uh, any leanings on where they sign? I think they go to. I think eventually they go to Memphis together. More than anything, you think they'll st- they'll stay Just close to home? Yeah, probably. But I mean, it, they both have other offers, and and especially Justin Brown, I think could JB uh, could could go somewhere uh, even even bigger than that. That's super exciting. That's very cool. Well, awesome. Well, we're right up at the uh, hour mark. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, I will not be around next week. I will be on vacation. I don't know if you're going to do like a solo pod next week, Travis, or not, but uh, I won't be around. So we may not have an episode for you next week. Um, If we do, uh, Travis will be running that show. Um, but uh, just stay subscribed uh, rate review the show of course um, if you subscribe you will get all the latest episodes as they drop um, so so do please do that uh, we always appreciate it thank you all so much for listening it's been fun talking a little bit of college football 
I'm super excited for this upcoming weekend. There's a lot of great games coming up. I'm excited to see some of these players that we've been talking about. Um, I think Oregon, who is my love, I, I mean, I love Oregon. They should not be ranked number four. They will not be playing a playoff game. I won't be surprised if they lose to Washington. Um, Travis, any final words? <laughs> no, this was a great time, man. And, and we'll, we'll keep bringing it to you guys with some college stuff and some NFL here in the very near future. All right. Thank you all so much. We'll be back with you in a week or two. Peace.